like I really want to do a scene with like Thanos fucking Gamora and, and Nebula and you know and definitely get those daddy issues in because yeah. you know I'll, I'm all up for being Nebula. You can beat me, Daddy. Nebula like, like put Gam- me in the corner. <laughs> Nebula and Gamora, they're half sisters, right? Well, I mean, they're they're daughters of Thanos. They're so both we adopted them. Thanos. But yeah, they're they're not related at all. Oh, so the credit card companies won't care. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. It's 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 all That'll be okay. Great. I'm glad we found another arbitrary it's okay, line to draw. Bill. You can put it up there. We're not doing anything wrong. But first, a word from our sponsors. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by Audio Desires, an erotic audio platform dedicated to giving you the best aural sex you can have. With hundreds of sexy stories in three different languages and a sleek, user-friendly design, Audio Desires is the right fit to get you in the mood. Enjoy 50% off an annual membership or 20% off a monthly membership when you use promo code MANHOR at audiodesires.com. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Manhor Podcast. What's up all you slim thicks? You big littles, shout out to all the short kings and big babes. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Wow, it takes a lot of breath to get that out in one go. I need to pace myself. I've <laughs> I've been a daily smoker during COVID. Hello, everybody. Welcome. This week on the podcast, I have got on... <laughs> queer fetish model and burlesque performer babe west even though in in the the, her about section in the email from her publicist begins with babe west is portland's plump princess and resident cum slut that's a work email i love my job hi everybody what's up welcome to the show if you are new uh especially if you're one of those new fans of comedian leia forster what an episode last week, right? Uh, but uh, if you are new to the pod, we have sex-positive conversations over here about dating, love, gender, and sexuality. Folks, before I get to Babe West, uh, I've got shocking another show date. I'm going way, way upstate March 12th, Saturday night, March 12th. I'm skipping a sex party to do stand-up at a VFW in Messina, New York. If for some reason you live up there, and I don't know why, if you do, feel free to come by. Uh, me and Andrea Allen, we're gonna we're gonna road dog it all the way up there. Not raw dog. We're gonna road dog. Road dog still should use protection. And uh, and I also was just on. You'll probably want to check this out. I got interviewed by Lisa Ann. Yeah, new friend of the pod, Lisa Ann, nailing Sarah Palin herself. Uh, she interviewed me on her. YouTube show, Dudes Do Better. I got a link in the show notes. I had a lot of fun. Uh, it's so interesting to get interviewed by someone you used to masturbate to in high school. So, true honor for me. As some of y'all know, uh, at least those of you who don't skip the intro, I've been using a penis pump for the last month. Recent guest, Susan Bratton. She was on the show in January. Y'all may remember uh, Susan Bratton insisted on sending me one of these penis pumps. And here I am continuing to put my dick in people and things for your entertainment. <laughs> um, 
I, you know, look, I've already expressed my skepticism about penis pumps in a previous episode, but, you know, I have been following Susan's pumping regimen every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for 30 to 45 minutes every time. I have not missed a day yet. Folks, I've tried following diets, gym routines, cleaning schedules, work this. None of it worked, okay? But the prospect of making my dick like like a little bigger, I'm fucking on top of it. And I'll be a little more transparent. It's not even like the prospect of making my dick a little bigger that's keeping me on schedule. It's more like I'm not trying to fuck around with what is maybe science. (laughs) Emphasis on the maybe, italicized, underlined. Look, I just don't want to try to improvise with something about my dick and a medical device. I'm not a doctor. Like, this is what's wrong with the world, in like, in a nutshell. Dudes will eat a bag of sketchy gas station dick pills, but won't get a life-saving vaccine. We all deserve to burn. But, <laughs> anyways, look, back to my penis. I've been sharing uh, little video clips and pictures on OnlyFans and in the Peep Show, and, and that's, like, the main question. What does it feel like to use the pump? It feels like pressure, you know, like like you were inside the tightest and strongest vagina, and then she does some She-Hulk Kegels on you. You ever have a gym buddy put you in a headlock against your will? You don't like it, but still kind of fun. It's kind of like that. I wouldn't call the sensation pleasant, but it's not bad. Someone else asked if I jizzed in it yet, and I'm like, oh, no. What? I don't want to do cleanup of whatever that is, okay? (laughs) But the instructions also direct me not to ejaculate for two hours before and after. I'm also not super turned on, not for nothing. When I'm putting my dick in a tube, I'm usually just naked playing online backgammon. Um, But I just leveled up last week, so I'm doing a little longer now with a bit more suction. Stick to the regiment. I'm doing 10 minutes with my cock and balls in the big tube, and then I do two rounds of 15 minutes each in the smaller tube. That's just for an erection. And uh, I don't know. It's kind of cool seeing it pump up in the tube. That's kind of fun to look at because it doesn't feel like it's getting bigger or it doesn't feel like it's inflating. But I can see it. I'm seeing it twitch and I'm not twitching it. Like I don't feel it getting pulled, but I'm watching it get pulled up further and further into the, the tube. So I don't know. It's just pressure. Anyways, you, you you pull it out of the tube after about 45 minutes of pupping. It looks like Barney after the longest birthday party ever. Just tired and hunched over to one side. You got to poke it to make sure it's still alive. And if that wasn't enough, then I got to strap a cock ring around it for like a half hour, which is like if we rescued Barney from the birthday party and then waterboarded him. Oh, my poor penis. Uh, it, you know, but it's working hard. It's doing the thing. Uh, you know, at least someone is on a workout plan right now. I know the rest of my body isn't. And all this to say, no side effects yet. You know, no side effects. I'm coming just fine. My boners have been good. I'm getting these little red dots after a pump, but that's kind of normal and goes away later in the day. And... I did gain a quarter inch in the first couple of weeks. No change in girth yet. It feels silly to celebrate a quarter of one inch. It's like when you know when you're when your kid's like, mm, I'm 12 and three quarters year old, or like your your girlfriend says, I've only fucked nine and a half people, right? Like it's the fraction's silly, but I only mention it because it does seem like this thing is working. 
I'm skeptical if any significant or lasting change can happen, but it's not nothing. I'll try to keep y'all updated on my penis's workout journey throughout the next few months. And if you're interested in this particular penis pump, it comes with a week-by-week pumping guide and everything. You know, this isn't an endorsement by me, but if you are interested in what I'm using, my affiliate link is in the show notes of this episode. I'm sticking my dick in a tube for 15% commission and hoping for the best. We'll see how that works out. You know, actually, when Babe West came over, I had to hide the penis pump and like, you know, God, the closet, the drawer or the big tube. It's a little too big for the drawer. That was a whole other situation. It's like, oh, God, what do I do with this thing when I have somebody over my apartment? (laughs) I didn't hide it from the Optimum guy, but, you know, I'll hide it from Babe West. She, She doesn't need to know what what's going on there. All right, let's do a quick fan whore appreciation moment. This is the part of the podcast where I like to give a shout out to some of the members of my fan whore community on Patreon. If you're unfamiliar with Patreon, it is a fantastic membership platform that allows me to give you bonus content and access to private communities and behind the scenes posts. It's truly, uh, you know, the bread and butter of of me being able to do this for a living, to do this as a job. Like I really rely on, uh, primarily on the support of my Patreon members. So, you know, if you got a couple dollars in your pocket, you want to come on, be a member, join the club. We'd love to have you there, and I know my whore heart would appreciate it. And right now, I really appreciate Airraf. I hope I'm saying your name right, buddy. Uh, Air's been seeing my dick pump up in the tube, in the peep show. You know they they've been uh, they've been checking that out. Uh, they've been seeing my progress, my gains, bro. <laughs> I don't know how you're staying warm up there where you are because you seem to always be naked in a very cold place. But hey, hottie, thanks for supporting the pod. And I want to say a shout out to F Ryan Conradi. Uh, hey, I love it when a husband gets pulled into the beep show. Oh, it's so fun. The wife joins. She's having a blast. And then she's like, oh, God, I want to get my husband and his dick in here. Hey, buddy, I need you to join up, too. Oh, gosh. Two charges in one household. Love it. Um, thank you, F Ryan, for being a member. Thanks for supporting the podcast. And uh, you, too, can become a member and support the podcast that you love. For as little as $2 a month, sign up for an annual membership, you get a 5% discount. Become a member today at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. And now for this week's guest, Babe West. She was so fucking funny. I definitely like forgot to, to explore curiosity and ask real pointed questions a lot of times because i'm like ah this chick's hilarious we could just riff let's go get weird with babe west the man whore podcast is sponsored by beducated.com the netflix of adult sex ed uh and i say netflix because it you know unlike a lot of adult sex ed resources out there on the internet it's not just articles some diagrams maybe a pussy puppet at some point no like these are video courses with real certified, legit sex educators, dating experts, and more. Past guests of the podcast have got courses on Beducated, Amy Baldwin, Kenneth Play, and more. Haley Quinn, I don't know if you all remember that that wonderful British woman, the dating coach, Haley Quinn. She's got courses not about sex, but about dating, how to perfect your dating profile and how to like open up a message. 
how to do what she calls digital seduction, and how to take a relationship to the next level. Knowledge is pleasure, everybody, and they're giving Manor Podcast listeners an insane deal. The coupon code is still active, but I'm not sure for how much longer. It takes the annual membership from $29.99 a month down to $7.99 a month. That's like a 70% discount. Okay, so you're going to really want to jump on this and use promo code manhor at beducated.com. One more time, take advantage of the special offer for as long as it's still valid. I really don't know when they're going to discontinue, so you should do this ASAP. B-E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D.com. Use promo code manhor. Level up your sex game. Level up your love life. Now let's get to the show. How old were you when you knew you wanted to blah, blah, blah? And I and I have really good stories for that that I've had to learn how to nar- narrate mm. because otherwise the narrative is, oh, well, you were just like a sexually abused like person who like guys have been touching you your whole life. Of course, you're going to be doing this. You're a fucking whore. Uh-huh. Like and I'm like, well, how do you want to spin that? That everybody that has like, do you want to talk about the bigger issue yeah. about like consensual touch and like how all these other things and access to children? Do you want to talk about that? Or do you just want to group all of us into pedophile? like uh fucking hookers and and drug dealers like where do you want to go with this you're like can we talk about the consensual stuff and then they're like well no that's my off that's off limits for me that's uncomfortable. don't scare me yeah, we don't have a safe word yeah i didn't know you were going to take this to a deeper level i thought we were just going to make dick jokes you, you know? know and i'm like so I, i'll dive in deeper and especially like with comics no no offense y'all are like you know it's that reaction right like can i make her jaw hit the floor like yeah. and i'm like well I'll, I'll be right here swinging back at you so yeah i, I don't know sometimes i feel like uh they, they they're like they don't know what else to ask like a porn star (laughs) do you actually have hopes and dreams beyond showing your tits to the world and and making money and like i feel like if they get a yes they're like wait oh well i wasn't expecting that you know like if you want to hear ginger banks go on and on about crypto like she will answer and go on for an hour about crypto but you weren't expecting that you know you just thought like everyone's a dumb whore like i think a lot of porn star interviews i listen to aren't very great but i think it's because they never set y'all up with good questions and that's that that is the key it's like people are like oh well you interview really well and i'm like actually the people were thoughtful i don't care if you're doing this last minute the day of day before you're researching me and learning everything you can learn in a quick google search um what i care about is like what what is your angle at the end, like, how do you perceive people that are in the sex industry? How do you perceive, like, we can talk about everything. Sure. No, no, um, no, nothing's off the table. But like, what assumptions are you walking in? Because mm. like, what really drives me crazy is when people come with assumptions, and they already know what they know. If you already know, you're not actually interested in hearing or learning or growing or any of that. You don't give a fuck. Yeah. You're just like, I'm going to put you on because now we're all going to laugh at you. We're all going to joke about double anal. Y- you, you know, right. Like, um, And if that's your whole intention of like interviewing these people, then you're not actually like to me that that's just cheap. That's it, it, there's not there's not much there. And they, I feel like you're just going to get kind of a repetitive interview with each person like you're gonna have the same the same daddy jokes for each episode like how many daddy touchy jokes can one write some people have made it their life's work to figure out the answer to that question <laughs> well, how many i don't know i have like two maybe it's that <laughs> uh so i'd rather talk about my own daddy issues of anything but Ooh, i'm here for that too <laughs> well again, you need I, to talk <laughs> i would never insult you by complaining about my father <laughs> now knowing what i know about you <laughs> 
would never. There's layers to it. And that, that was all before I was a year old. So um, now let's go on to year two, right? Your, no. your, your dad was like financially abusive. I would love to have uh, figured out what that would have been like know, <laughs> if he right? hadn't gone away. You know, I just, uh, I, I take other people's fathers. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I, I make them abuse their children financially so that they can like pay for my kids, right? Well, like, ev- <laughs> everyone guards your dads. Uh, what was what was it? Hide your kids, hide your wife. No one talk about hide your dad. Mother's hide your children no daddy's i'm coming for you grandpa's too oh my babe west everybody she's coming for your daddy's your granddaddy's great granddaddy if you can still get it up your, your mommy's too don't worry i don't i don't discriminate yeah catch me in bed with your rents you're very day. you're very pacific northwest we know we know it's <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you hipsters these days. Yeah, you know, people talk about Bushwick. It's like, well, if you want like Bushwick but bigger, it's just Oregon, I feel like. Yes, and that's Oregon. You actually said it right. Is that oh, – how, how was I not supposed to say it? I think they say Oregon. The Oregon or Trail? The Oregon or the Oregon. <laughs> and I'm like, it's Oregon. 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 Yeah, it's uh, it's Missouri, I think, is also – Look, I just want to fit in wherever I am. I just want people to like me. <laughs> you know, that's my problem, too. I just want everybody to like me. Um, now, so is that is, why you got into this? Yeah, yeah, there we go. I just needed to make friends. I'm, uh... I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll put whatever it is in my face. Just like, can we... You can film it. Sure. Are we friends now? That's... I got friends. Really? Oh, my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I learned that really quick in middle school. Like, you just, like, put things in your face and, like, look up at them and then we're friends. Yeah. We're friends now. Until you walk into the building the next day and everybody's staring at you. They're like, what? What are you talking about? We were doing the friend thing. Is that not the friend thing? Yeah, I I just thought it was normal. If I wasn't supposed to do it, just tell me. Like, I'll do whatever it is to make people like, just someone tell me. I'm so desperate here for validation. Just let me know. I wish I had a book. They taught me math. They taught me English. No one taught me how to not be annoying. (laughs) (laughs) That is a book. Can we like that one? Put that one on cover. I need that one so bad. They're like, you're annoying. Why? You just are. How do I change it? You don't. Fuck you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Talk about having a blind spot there. Yeah. Like, they just want you to get like railed every time. Like, here's your big thing you don't know about you. And there's no way to change it. Yeah. <laughs> Were you bullied much as a kid? Definitely. Uh, I didn't hear right for the first five years of my life. And then I had to go through speech therapy. Um, you have a you have a hearing issue? Um. Well, I had a hearing issue. I okay. am definitely losing my hearing in uh, like my mid range in one of my ears. So, okay. um, but um, I grew up with a deaf uncle. Like we have a hard of hearing in our family, so it's not like weird. But it definitely was weird trying to explain why I have a funky accent in the middle of Texas, and it was because like my um, hooked on phonics like cassette tapes that mm-hmm. they they took you in speech therapy through. They were not American English. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember. She had a funky like, I, and it wasn't even a British accent. I don't know where it was. Yeah, and so people are like, "What? What did you just say?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's a blah blah blah." And it didn't help that I have a, a Gigi that was in Chicago, and then I have family out in North Carolina and Boston and stuff. So like, depending on who I was spending my summers with, I might call it a pop or a soda, or you know, you want to get me a cola, like in mm. those weird words. So people yeah. definitely picked on me. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's people. Like we have this assumption that people are nice and like we somehow turn bad i'm like no fuck have you gone to school people are mean and rude it's the other way around like we really learn in those early years 
how to survive. And sometimes that's being the loudest and the mean- meanest. And hey, that can turn into being a funny comic, I hear, yeah. for some of y'all. Um, and then the rest of us just learn how to like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to go over here and swing by myself now. Oh, my God. Were you a, a loner on the swing? <laughs> I mean, that's been my... Yes, I'm a loner. Is that like is that like a metaphor for your life? It, it is. Um, no, but for real, though, I, I would play with people. And then I get pissed off with something because I don't tolerate bullies. I don't tolerate double standards and bullshit. Okay. I, I'm not a black and white person, but I definitely, as a child, it was really hard for me to understand why. If you say this is what you want and these are the rules, why are you not playing with them? Rules keep us safe. Rules matter. They do. Don't. And that's the whole thing. Like, don't tell me you're going to call me or don't tell me like you're going to pay me back. Like, I don't give a fuck about the money. If I'm giving it to you, I'm giving it to you. You need it. But don't tell me you're going to do something and then not do it. Set an expectation. That mean I, I'm always reminded of this like scripture in Habakkuk like uh, where God's talking and he's like you know may your yes be yes and your no be no or I'm gonna spit you out of my mouth like vomit Is- and I'm like yeah that that's very that's how I feel about people I'm like if I can't trust that you mean what the fuck you're gonna say right. I got no time for you I think I left church before I got to that part I would have I might have stuck around a little longer because I would be like this is the only thing in this fucking book that makes sense I mean the Old Testament <laughs> makes a lot of sense it's also you know a big reason why a lot of us got issues but <laughs> there, there was a lot of uh, wisdom pearls in there yeah yeah uh, you, were, you were a loner on the swing I was the kid who was like I'm just gonna stay in the classroom and read I'm like I'm not even gonna let's not even venture out there that's an unsafe place now I and that's the other thing I love reading. I probably read uh, Lassie, which is a thick book. Okay, thick book in like third grade. It's really thick. Like for a third grader, it's like peace and war or whatever, war and peace. Um, and then I uh, read like Lord of the Rings, Tolkien series, like from third grade on. And okay. I was reading Stephen King. I like third grades where it all bloomed for me. Mm. Um, I went from Encyclopedia Britannica to all these excessively like violent gory and sexual and fantasy stories and i've never stopped uh i i'll I'll raise you on the reading lassie at third grade whereas in i think when i was like 10 or 11 i read the dictionary not to learn words i wanted to make a comprehensive list of greek mythological characters and couldn't find one book that did it so i was like oh i'll just read through and because if you look get a big enough dictionary they have like Zeus and I'll say Greek mythology. So I went through A to Z reading the thing, making little note cards for each new character I came up with. Can you can you that tell is like the ha- nerdiest <laughs> and most adorable thing ever? Like how the heck? You were making your own little like little cards, note cards, like of all I've, your Greek mythology. How the, many did you get? There are two note card boxes full of note cards in my mom's house somewhere. I would like, we'd be on a road like drive somewhere. For a couple hours, I'd bring the dictionary in the car. Oh my god! How how bullied were you again? So bullied, <laughs> so bullied. Like like after hearing that, whatever you pictured, it's probably about the right amount. That's probably what I was. <laughs> Man, I thought I was a nerd, but now I I really know that like I had to turn it up a little bit to reach those levels. Well, how are you? Are you still nerdy uh, today? I started doing costumes and photography and being out mm-hmm. at conventions and stuff back when I was still in high school. Um, doing uh, I did LARP and filk and. Yeah, Fil- filking. That's, that's filking. singing. That's fantasy singing. Like, um, there's you can Google it. F I L K, filk. Just it just sounds like a Pornhub <clears throat> SEO term. Mm, it, it is pretty dirty. You get in the filk crowds, and um, everybody's writing their own unique songs and parodies. It's like uh, if Wicked went on like a nerd adventure, right? <laughs> like it, it's Broadway and musicals and uh, nerdiness, and and there is like if little- Wicked was focused on Pip. 
<laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Um, yummy. Um, so I, uh, I started doing, uh, cosplay conventions back before it was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there were always comic cons, um, and I was living in the Bay area, San Jose. And, um, so that's where I got started with like, Hey, look at me, I'm dressing up and people wanting to know you because you look cool or like, you know, um, and these days I don't do so much like, com- uh, that comic based, like pornography or whatever, um, fantasy stuff. But um, I definitely have like a whole slew of like characters that I can put on at any given moment. Currently, I got a lady Thor. A lady Thor. A lady Thor. Oh, a lady Thor. Yeah, like a gender bender yeah. Thor, and um, and a Jade from Mortal Kombat that I'm working yeah. on. I even have the hammer. Like, I really want to do a scene with like Thanos, fucking Gamora, and and Nebula. Wow, really? Mixing yeah. A whole slew oh, definitely. Of, of categories in there, and you know, and definitely get those daddy issues in because yeah. you know. Kimora and her father and then like that nebula like kind of abusive submissive like I'll, I'm all up for being nebula you can beat me daddy nebula like, like put Gam- me in the corner <laughs> nebula and Gamora they're half sisters right well I mean they're, they're daughters of Thanos they're they both adopted them Thanos. but yeah they're, they're not related at all oh so the credit card companies won't care yeah they don't care <laughs> they don't care it's 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 all that'll be okay great I'm glad we found another arbitrary it's okay, line to draw Bill. <laughs> you can put it up there we're not doing anything wrong yeah. <laughs> don't start with me MasterCard <laughs> Who's really your boss? Like, like the credit card company. That's, I mean, like can't get paid. <laughs> and and really, like, what's the what's the harm in it? Like, if it's all consensual, you're all paperworked up, and and everybody here is all having fun and games. Like, what is the big deal if somebody's like pissing or shitting on somebody and somebody's jacking off to it? Yeah. Like, like I don't care. That's not my thing. I don't yuck anybody's yums. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I agree, it shouldn't be on Facebook, but like I don't think it shouldn't be anywhere. <laughs> well, teenagers shouldn't be on Instagram either. Like that's the real issue. Like, yeah. like why are you letting people, you know, under the age of eighteen on this thing? Like there, there are other ways to. You don't have to create. I hate the term safe spaces, and I, I hate the idea of like censorship as a whole. Because at the end of the day, no matter how people feel about it, it's not even the content creators. It's not the artists that get punish the most because we'll just find other places to go do what we do right and we will (laughs) um what what it is is it's the end consumer that gets fucked in the ass every fucking time and and that's not good for anybody and so like when when one writer at the new york times decides that they want to go on a a media like hate tour with um i can't remember who owned Backpage, but that was a media company and craigslist quickly goes oh shit well we better go ahead and straighten up our act or else there's something else like uh, and and here we are almost a decade later and they write an article about i won't drop the names but you know that one wonderful new york uh, times writer who also went to bid for a gubernatorial campaign over in oregon if y'all are smart, you'll know who I'm talking about. Um, but like, yeah, uh, if not, Google it. But he he wrote this article about like um, Pornhub uh-huh. and, 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 and all this like revenge porn and hate and like uh-huh. all this non-consensual stuff. And I'm like, well, and now now politicians all over are lobbying for quicker turnaround times and, and all these solutions to people not wanting their content out there when it's like we already had systems in place. And there. did you bring anybody to the table to no. say, oh, yeah, we self-report. And we do take down stuff. Yeah. And now you have all these other companies quickly deciding where they want to sit on this political fence. And all they're doing is damaging their own profitability. Yeah. Truly. And and nobody's actually safer. Um, all it has done is made it more. Um, it's harder. And, and these people don't think for a second to actually maybe slow down 
they get they get worried about liability mm-hmm. and they're like oh well this person says you're going to get in real trouble and i'm like i mean they told me the same thing about like smoking pot like i was going to be an idiot if i smoked weed yeah. and i'm like well not really and here we are all these years later we have like medical everywhere um decriminalized in a lot of states yeah. and guess what people aren't shooting up on the corners it wasn't the end of the world like it was mostly just hype and people's feelings yeah you pacific northwesterners are like very fun to like with the in the politics game because like y'all will talk very well informed about politics with a very bright colored hair lots of tattoos and like a really fun hobby of woodworking <laughs> yeah. Mine's taxidermy. Your taxidermy. Oh, I went. I went past you. How long? How long you been out there? It feels like the. Wait. So you said you were in the Bay Area. I was originally and for high did, school. Okay. And I graduated down there, and then I slowly made my way up to Humboldt, and from Humboldt, Northern California, and from there, Oregon. Because well, I feel like everyone from the Bay now is like the you know Portland became one of the places everyone fucked off to. Yeah, we decided that we couldn't afford like the, you know, $56 an hour minimum living wage in, in the Bay Area. Now we're mm-hmm. up in Oregon, making it worse for everybody. Yeah. Where pretty soon you're going to have to like make $56 to live there too. And don't go to Seattle. That's all right. Yeah. You already missed the bow in Seattle. And now it's like, is it Nashville? Like where, where, you know, Austin's fucked. Like mm. where can, where can the cool kids go? <laughs> so, so what's it like being, doing sex work out in Portland? Uh, um, so I, don't do sex work in Portland. I actually do most of it everywhere else. Oh. Um, so Sesta Fosta happens, mm-hmm. uh, back page goes down, and then client base. Um, I've been there for you know four or five years, um, doing full service and, and other things, performance and stuff. Um, Were you doing uh, strip clubs? Some strip clubs. Okay. Like I, I'm a big girl for people sure, sure. who don't know, and uh, strip clubs in Portland like them like fresh off the the high school track. Oh, okay, <laughs> like, okay. You know. It's, is that a thing that like cities have like a type? Because I just had Zo- you, you know Zola, right? Yeah. So I just had her on. She was like, "Oh, I never dance in New York because they like their girls bigger or thick." I was like, "I was like, I'm not a strip club guy." Is that a thing? Oh, it definitely is. Like depending on the region. So I tell people all the time, even if I get really good at pole, which yeah. is something I've only recently picked up. Um, I'll never go to Atlanta and expect to get a gig, nor would I want to, because guys would be looking at me like, "Mm." and the reason being is the culture. These Mm. girls have been dancing. They've done step competitions. They they were in the womb dancing, you know, like these, these people have rhythm in their body. It's their culture. It's their everyday life. You're not going to have the, the, the skills these girls put on. Mm. Now you come to Portland where we have what I like to call open air pussy. Uh, we don't have to, uh, we're fully nude. Like okay. nudity right now is um, protected under our freedom of speech state. I love that. It's under. Well, it's right speech? now we're decriminalizing. We're we're You're trying to process. get it on the ballot, mm-hmm. and and with that comes defining what sex work is. Mm-hmm. And nude dancing is actually under question. Is that sex work? Because if it's sex work, we can regulate, define, and like um you know other things Mm -hmm. um and that takes away from our freedom of expression and free speech like these protected rights and why we're in oregon right Right. like so so it is funny how all these things intertwine but um in oregon we have uh i just tell people i'm like you really have to have a shtick or you have to um you have to bring a lot to the table because not only do we have fantastic pole dancers and floor work dancers we have um, we have girls on roller skates and and they'll spit fire out their pussies and well maybe not out their pussies but we got sword swallowing roller skating up there stripper on the clowns 
Oh, yeah. Wow. Like, and, and so much more. There's, um, you know, gender fuckery of all sorts. And, um, you know, like, you it can see. It sounds like an old comedy show. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. I keep telling everybody, I'm like, really, I want to take a variety show on the road. Like, I, I want to do this. Let's bring back the Bob Billion acts, not just like burlesque or stripping on, on tour. But like, really, we have a lot of people that have all these unique arts. Mm. And um, we have aerial artists and and it's literally like going to a Cirque du Soleil down at the Kit Kat. With pussy. With, with pussy. Yeah. And in titties. Like if Cirque du Soleil wasn't so like French. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a shtick? Oh, oh yeah. I have a shtick. Um, well, I mean, other than having an amazing ass <laughs> and, and like it's really all about that ass. Um, so I floor dance. I do chair dance. Um, I... I will regularly get on tables and things that people are like, my shtick is doing things you don't expect back girls to do. Okay. Like from the very beginning. Um, my first burlesque act, I um, am doing like a preacher thing uh, to like herald back to my upbringing. And I come out and like, praise the Lord, hallelujah. We're putting people in like, you know, like spe- speaking the spirit into them. And then we come out and I get on this chair and like, I'm in these heels and I was, I was a lot heavier then. And, mm. um, by at least 50 pounds and I get on this chair and I like strip off and throw my shirt down and then I go into a Jesus Christ pose and I hold it hold it and then I jump the fuck off like not doing a full toe touch because sure. it's been a few years since I was doing <laughs> cheerleading but you know I basically land on this fucking chair and like whoosh all this weight all the, and like people are like and that's right. whatever it is that, that that is my shtick like okay. I want to do the thing you don't expect a big person to do because Fuck your assumptions. <laughs> and, right. and it's fun. Um, and then outside that, I don't get to do it as much because no one wants to do the cleanup. But I'm a wet and messy girl. Like I like, uh, you know, Cheerios and milk and diving in and mm. anything that I can bring to the stage that like is weird, messy and fun. Like there's always going to be a splash zone with me. Yeah. Just, just know that there's a splash zone. <laughs> well, weird, messy, and fun. Like again, that seems like a kind of the Portland way to be. It feels like you you did land in, in the proper city. Oh, definitely. Um, it's really sad because since the pandemic, we've had a lot of our great venues, and and I guess that again is the gentrification shit. Mm-hmm. Like you you build a city, you uh, sell its points to people and developers because of all these artists out here starving just for some like expression and some bread and butter. And then you make it so expensive. You can't afford to live there. And and then like all the artists go and then it's just somewhere they come on tour. They're just like, Hey, I'm doing a circuit back in Portland where I started. Uh, So what did you get started with first? Was it the burlesque, the stripping, the full service? Like what what was your, your entryway? Uh, My entryway was uh, going to church and being a singer. Um, (laughs) that's where I really got into, uh, giving my life away for very little. Um, no, uh, (laughs) Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, church crew, Wednesday nights, Thursday nights, you know, seriously. And then summers on revival. Yeah. That, that's really where I learned to be a whore (laughs) outside that, um, (laughs) I've been doing theater, um, ever since I was little, um, my first plays were like, uh, third grade and they were very artistic, um, I've been singing, dancing, the whole thing. Never really well. Mm-hmm. Never good enough to be put on. Like, I, I was Ethel in uh, the the uh, freaking music band. <laughs> like, okay. I, I was never a front stage person. Um, but I've always enjoyed being there. Um, with dancing in Oregon, 
I was living in a really small community of like 20,000 people at large and everything was dying there. People were leaving. There was no like economic benefit to being there. This is a neighborhood of Portland? Or- oh, no. It's about three hours south. Oh, southern. Okay, okay, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. This and- is why you were making your way north. Oh, definitely. And I had done the research and I knew that Portland was one of the few places that upward mobility was still attainable. Mm-hmm. So I moved to Portland, um, making like $10 an hour, living one side of the city and busing all the way into the other side of the city, um, you know, four hour commute at the end of the day, right? Um, and I was like, $10 an hour is still not really enough. And started, um, I started working at like a, a lingerie shop. It was, it was a whorehouse, a brothel, like, but we don't have those in Portland. Wait, really? Did you show up knowing what it was or did you show up for a lingerie job and then they let you know? Well, they had live modeling and shows. And I thought it was like that scene in um, what was that Will Smith movie where he gets the thing and enemy of the state, maybe okay. where he's like originally buying oh, the lingerie yes, for his wife. And the, with the yeah, I thought it was something like that. I was like, oh, cool. I can go put on lingerie and these guys will like see me model it. And like, that's a job. Hell Yeah. I can do that on the weekends. And um and what it was was not that. And uh this was this was still before like um Instagram, it was still shitty pictures people were taking with okay. their hipstomatic filters. Okay. So about that time, yeah. what was that, 2012, sure. 13? Yeah. So there wasn't really like places to market or build build an audience like that. Um and so I had no clue. It wasn't like I was going to go go look at their Instagram page and be like, what's really going on so you here? showed up to this lingerie shop. Yeah, they were hiring there right down the street on 82nd um, where I was living, which is kind of like our bad side of town or whatever. Right. And I go in and she's like, so here's how it works. She showed me the rooms. And I'm like, oh, do we go in for a private show? It's like a house. <laughs> And I'm still so fresh and clean. I'm like, oh, what do we do here? And um, there were no stages, uh, but there were bars on the windows and security cameras. And I'm like, oh, it, I finally, it I made sense to me. What what was it that clicked where you were like, oh, the beds, the beds, and the whole, um, you know, we don't we don't take IDs. We don't, you know, we we don't do any of that up here. And uh, when they were like, um, every night we have a. Uh, we have a security person and da da da. I'm like, oh, like it was just like the way they were walking around. So this is where you take our guests and you'll do your shows. Mm. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And there wasn't any talk about like sexual acts. There was actually a talk about like how how you get your money mm-hmm. and um, what portion the house takes. And um, it, it wasn't ever said that like, yeah, you're you're gonna be fucking these guys yeah. because that's that's illegal. And what did what when you when it clicked for you? What was your initial reaction or thought? Like, I mean, it was more money than I was making. All like, right, so like, you were like, oh, oh, this is a whorehouse. All right, I can do that. I've done worse for for for, for less. Like, but before before this place. Oh yeah, I, I've been dating. Like, oh, have oh. you tried dating? <laughs> Fuck you. That was good. <laughs> there you go. I'm not. I'm not funny. I just sometimes no, that was land hilarious. one. What are you talking about? You're hilarious. <laughs> You're 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 very no you're very fun the riff with that I forget to like ask actual questions um no you're you're very funny <laughs> what was that first client like oh my god um so the first guy I I remember seeing like my first direct service was um one drunk and two older um 
And really, honestly and truly, he just wanted to like play with my pussy. That, mm-hmm. that was all he wanted to do because there wasn't anything more to do. So it wasn't a bad thing. And I definitely got the geriatrics of Portland. Like I was I was the BFW's favorite whore. Let's just put it that way. I, I really got started not making a lot of money. And at the time, though, you got to think a dollar a minute. Basically what I was bringing home from all this Um a dollar a minute was more money than I'd ever made. And I would go to work 40 hours a week during during compressed work schedules um, on the other side of town. And I was only making ten fifty an hour. You were getting $60 for an hour date? Um, well, I was well, a hundred, but like okay. after you factor in like you're sure, sure. Okay. You have costs of business. So okay. I was bringing home what I was figuring yeah. was about $60 every time sure. somebody and some nights you'd have like back to back, you'd like do four to six yeah. sessions, um, live shows and, uh, you know, quick shower and rinse between and then, um, you do good. But a lot of what would happen is, um, you'd have maybe one person all night and you're just sitting there sitting there waiting and again it's not like you can work on your instagram that wasn't a thing then um my tumblr you know you needed a lap like there's all i'm not bringing a laptop down on 80 like second at 2 a.m like who walks home with that shit sitting there with lassie for the fourth time there you go um no i definitely did read a lot of manga and um i masturbated a lot really and i took a lot of polaroids actually before they were cool yeah Okay, so you so you worked at the the lingerie secret whorehouse. Yeah, and then there used to be a um a, a club. It's not there anymore, but um basically it was kind of like um a purple building where they had the Amsterdam like windows uh-huh. where where girls would dance yeah. in front and stuff. And they were the first place that let me um like dance dance as a big girl. And I, I need to preface when I was uh when I was eighteen. I was um, in Wyoming and I did dance over in South Dakota for like four months just to make enough money to get my ass out of fucking Wyoming. Sure. Because you wake up one day and you're in the middle of nowhere and you're like, oh, what the fuck am I doing in the Black Buttes? I need to get my ass back to California. (laughs) I I was following a dude. Uh, As you do. (laughs) As you do. The only reason to go out there is a dude or oil. Like it's one. That's it. (laughs) I thought there was going to be land and and property and the the property was shit. Well, it was like you were the I mean, ultimately, yeah, it was yeah. a thing. Yeah. Never ride in cars with strangers across the country, and especially if you're leaving a rainbow gathering. Is that the sequel to that Drew Barrymore movie? <laughs> Riding in cars with boys? Never, right? <laughs> it's really funny because, like, I got in an Uber the other day, and it was this dude, and he had a bowl of candy. And I'm just, like, sitting here in my head going, you know, I've been taught my whole life to never get in a car with strangers, especially if they're offering your candy. And here I have this app that I'm putting my faith in. And I'm like, okay, let's go. <laughs> just saying. How'd you, uh, how'd you end up starting to do porn? Oh. <sighs> Well, I mean, there was that one tape that my boyfriend said that was just between him and me that, you know, I guess that was porn, technically. official debut. Yeah. Uh, no, I, about 2016, I needed money. Okay. And I knew a studio um, that would advertise on Backpage and Craigslist. And it was totally like the amateur, like not intending, it's for desperate people, ultimately. Mm. Like their their pool are completely new new or non-aspiring like this isn't something they're doing for a career choice yeah it's like better than plasma because you can uh, do the deed in less time and you get out and nobody's like calling you in a few weeks to donate plasma Mm -hmm. or blood so 
man, the things we've done for money. Um, but I go there and it was awful. It was one of the worst things I had ever done. And um, I do the deed and I make my 300 bucks and I go. And then my girlfriend um, calls me up a few weeks later. She's like, hey, um, I want to go do this thing. You want to go with me? And I'm like, okay, sure. Happened to be the same dude, same place. Had a little bit of a better experience. A few months after that, a woman books me. And I don't get too many female clients, but a woman books me to come fuck her. And that's the audition. Um, So like, I have this amazing sex with this girl. After that, we're sitting there over wine. And she's like, so would you ever be interested in coming with me and doing a porn? Mm. So in, in the span of like four months, I'm on this site working with these guys. And it clicked because I had met them enough times to realize like how their business model worked. Mm. And I'm like, oh, you can actually do porn. Like there's porn studios this is in like Portland. This, so this is like a proper studio. This isn't the, or I don't know. It's, I mean. Is it, or is it similar to the one that you first went to that was for the desperate folks? Uh, well, it was the same people. It was oh, the, oh, the, sorry, the, sorry. the website, yeah. uh, the same folks. And it was a couple of houses that they had that they'd come and shoot in. Mm-hmm. Where the whole house is empty except for the studios, mm-hmm. like like the studio space, they have the cameras and lights and everything. Um, and so after being introduced through various ways to these guys, um, I tried to do one last shoot with them. They're like, "Yeah, I'll put you on with our our male dude," and the guy who runs the site. Um, and why I'm being weird about like naming things, um, decides to pull his fucking dick out when he only paid me one 300 to suck one dick. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do. Like it was not, it was not a great experience. And, but I didn't do that. Cause like in my mind, that's more work for less money. Like, like if we're right. <laughs> anyway, um, and what, how, how did you react when that happened? Um, I told him I wasn't on camera. I'm, I'm not going to, what do you want me to do with that? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Oh, that's a penis. <laughs> uh, surprise. And what did he say? Um, you know, we, we finished up the shoot mm-hmm. and it was one of those things where basically like, then he starts going into the business of if I put you on again, if we do this again, we're going to, um, I'm going to have to do a, uh, W whatever, whatever, like, um, at the end of the year, cause I paid you too much. Okay. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And I, I never saw him again because I knew that that wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, so that was my first entryway into like studio porn or what I thought was studio porn. They had a website. They were legit. They paid me. Right. There was a website. There was a camera. Is this a studio? Yeah. I, I mean, so. my stuff was searchable. Um, and when my stuff actually went live, they didn't even use like my actual stage name and what I had put on the paperwork. They they gave a variation. And I think it's because we had the soured like, no, dude, I'm not sucking your dick for right. the state. Like two dicks is more than one. I can count here. I'm not right. dumb. Like. So, um, so that was my first experience. And then I had been showing my titties, building an audience. I had been camming. I had been, um, you know, over years and I had, uh, started doing Reddit and shit and had daddies or whatever. I'd have like guys I'd date. And I was like, well, I need to do something a little bit more in one place so people can find me. And I built a little website just so people could book me directly. And, um, then I also uh, started putting my nudes up for sale, and that went over all right. And it wasn't even yeah. intentional. I was just putting them out there to, like, get people interested to come see the goods. Like, yeah. hey, titties. Like, you know. Were you posting, like, Reddit and stuff, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Back before Reddit, Reddit was cool. And then Tumblr goes down. All these things happen on the internet. Everybody's like, no, no porn. No, no boobs. No, no anything. Um, it's dangerous for the kids, y'all. And then I'm, like, sitting there going, okay, well, what the fuck do I do? And um, 
I started a Pornhub at the time I was working for a magazine um, doing IT and all sorts of like big events. And I'd be in like, I'd be there at like one in the morning, two in the morning cleaning up after a big fucking gala. Like these people are doing diamond digs for 10,000 starting bid, like, like to be a part, like watching all of Portland's wealthy, like spend money. And literally this is what rich people do. They just throw events for causes so they can all get out and get drunk and be loose and fun. Yeah. It was great. It's a great fucking business model. I want to be rich so I can do the same thing. Like, hey, guys, let's go ahead and put all our money in for this great cause. And we're going to be so fucking hammered by the end of the night. Who knows if you're going home with your wife or not? (laughs) Like, I'm all about that. Um, (laughs) And did you get and were you getting paid well to do that cleanup? Uh, I was getting I was getting paid for my day job. And then I was like posting videos through the night. And I was there at the end of it. And like I would sit like and clean up in like the. Portland Art Museum and, and all these other places and um and do nudes and and I'm like showing like a dumbass like hi this is where I am I know right I'm naked da 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 and people love that shit and then um I get the idea to go into my server room one day and uh put the door open and uh I squirted all over the server room and the rest is history was that I've the been... way you quit well no 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 that's, that's not so, that I, I so worked epic. there for <laughs> Ah, fuck this place i'm gonna squirt all over your servers pay someone else to clean it up well for the record even though it's never on camera anytime i do something like that in public i do clean it up because i do feel a little bit weird about leaving my uh biohazard waste like you know somebody might come and like lick that up or something (laughs) there's weird people man yeah I sell my panties also like and people are like I want you to wear those for days and I'm like I just always imagine that when dudes do that they like get them and they're like <sighs> like rubbing it on there like why would you want that I like the I like the idea of the guy who can like kind of he can kind of get an idea of like how long they wore it's like <sighs> this was 6 days this was a 6 day wear you know uh yeah no I don't do that um if, if nobody gets more than three days out of me and even then I'm like I'm not in these the whole time like yeah. y'all do not pay me enough to torture my vagina sure. like that like so you've done you've done like a wide variety of sex work from porn to the full service to the stripping to you, you've done a lot you've really run a gap you've done camming yeah you've done a lot of it is, is there any of it you know you're saying like you know you've done the things we do for money is there like is there any regret in any of the things that you've done for money. Um, you know, I think the only regrets I have is that, um, early on, I would assume that because a person did me well or treated me right, that that meant that they were a good person. Yeah. Like, you're putting me on, you're paying me, you're making sure I'm coming out and having all these opportunities. Just because people treat you right doesn't mean they're good people. They can be good to you. You can have a great working relationship. And what I've really learned, um, the only, the only regret I have isn't that I've worked with these folks. It isn't that I had the experience. It's that I, actually bought in and valued their opinion of who I am, where I'm going, what I can, cannot do, who I should work with and otherwise. Like giving that kind of influence and power to a person all because you think that they're doing you right, like that's naivety 101. Mm-hmm. And and that would be my number one um, regret. Or being openly and vocally supportive of people that you don't fucking know them. You might show up and work with them a few times and you might know them, but you don't at the end of the day. And as a business, a brand and a, and a human being with like a little bit of a conscience, I don't want to put my energy and my whole life's worth of experience that got me to this point, you know, into people that aren't 
on on brand for me that aren't actually doing decent things like we can be filthy fucking nasty weirdos but you need to be a good person at the end of the day and i don't know if you know this but there are not a lot of good people out there in what we do but i would argue you know that's the that's the world you know um and and I think that's in any industry. Like I've done, I've been out in front of like C core companies, like freaking training in front of all these like ma- main face, like enterprise businesses. And like, you're working with everybody from like the CFO, CEO down to the person on the floor. And you see that like the people on top are always benefiting from the people down here. Mm-hmm. And, and the guy on the floor is not making what the guy in the office doing all the financials is making. And there's all this inequity. Like I just, in what I do, I want to know that my time is well spent. And when I believe that if I work for this person, that they're going to do anything for me, like even if they do get you a lot more fans, even if you do get a paid gig, it's still you doing the work. So if you don't show up and you don't and you don't put out and like do your best, like it, it really isn't their effort. Yeah. Just because somebody may open a fucking door for you, and there's nothing that you should do or, or or value more than like yourself there and your ability to show up and, and actually be there because it, it's you. And um, all this to say, like, if you're getting into anything, don't don't buy into, oh, I'll put you on and it'll be great. And and because as soon as you do, like you're literally letting somebody else determine like what you want to do and how you're going to work and. So that that's my regret. Like yeah. early on, just trusting people a little bit too much. Going, oh, this is going to be great. Is there anything you regret? Me? <laughs> yeah, a lot. Like- <laughs> One of the things you regret was like let putting a lot of value in what other people saw was you. And whenever you broke out of that, what did you discover? Did you discover anything new about yourself where you were like, no, this is who I am? And then also, where are you going? So in porn, the biggest thing, especially when I decided to go mainstream with it, uh, 2020 had happened. I had been let go. I had a really nice severance package. I I was not in the position to be worried. Um, Plus, I had a couple of streams of income online. Um, When I decided to go full time into this and make a career, everybody was like, well, what you need to get more focused. What's your brand? And and here I am two and a half years later, and I'm still trying to like figure that out. And at the end of the day, um, I, I do a little bit of everything. Uh, the only thing I won't say is I, I won't do that. You know, I'll try anything twice. Sure. Um, so I, uh, I, I had people telling me, are you really sure you want to be in porn or you're not going to make it? You're, you're a fat person and, and big girls, you have to have bigger boobs. You have to go get that BB. There's always people like blah, 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 telling you. And um, I, I don't really know like what I do. I am. And that's the beauty of it. Like I was just telling another person recently that doing porn as an independent content creator and having to define like the scenes that you actually want and, and, you know, rather than showing up and, oh, we're going to do this and then we're going to move to this position and they're going to pop on your face right there or it's going to be like a cream filled pussy or whatever. Like um, when you have to direct and define like what you actually want to create, that's you. Mm-hmm. And all this has been opening up more of who the fuck I am. And I'm still learning, y'all. Like, where are you going? I I don't know where I'm going with this. This is the first. Like, I didn't even know that there were dudes that would eat your vagina for hours and, like, just sit there and mack it up. I didn't. Not until I was late 20s because sex work. I didn't know that you could have orgies. Like, like that you could actually get naked. Uh, Amen, (laughs) man. Like, I didn't know that beautiful girls would, like, you know, just, like, hang out with you naked for hours after 
after eating at, you know, eating in your room and stuff like all these experiences I didn't know. I also didn't know how much I loved doing these things mm. because it was always a narrative somebody else was telling me like, oh, that, that makes you a slut. That makes you a whore. You're a sinner. You're a blah, blah, blah. And my whole point, though, is like, I don't know what the focus is. And that's OK. Mm-hmm. I'm a hot mess. It's going to be fun. And this is I knew from an early age that I was going to be an entertainer. I knew from a little bit later of an early age that it was probably going to include me taking off my clothes for a living. And, um, you know, if you've ever gone camping or dropped acid with me, I really like being naked. So it kind of fits who I am in general. Sick. So uh, that that's where we're going with this. Fantastic. Well, babe, thank you so much for chatting with us. Um, where can people go if they want to see you naked, whether it's on acid or not? <laughs> well, they can always um, go to the Babe West on Instagram, Twitter, and all those other handles. I have babewestxxx.com. That's the site for now until I build the new one, and it is free. So come enjoy the yummy yummies while you can. And um, you can always email me at bookbabewest at gmail.com. If you want private shows, I do travel and I'll smash a cake in your face if you let me. Yeah, we did not get to talk about the cakes and stuff. I know. But, you know I'm just throwing it out there. It's, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's a whole thing. Uh, I, wow. Um, I'm, one day I'm going to understand it. Did you get it out of your fupa yet? Did you? Oh I my heard? God. Yeah. It's actually in the shower. No, <laughs> it's still in my boots though. I got to like take a toothbrush and get it out of the rhinestones. Well, babe, thanks again for chatting with us. And uh, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? Bye, sexy folks. If you didn't get enough of that Babe West, Billy Presida action and banter, well, guess what? I've got a bonus episode coming out tomorrow exclusively on Patreon. That's going to be available for all of my $5 and up fan whores. We're talking about relationship anarchy and why that's the dating style that works for her. And you can gain access to that as well as support this podcast. We love support, but we also love giving you a bunch of dope shit. If you want to get a bunch of great rewards and support the pod, visit patreon.com slash podcast. Trust me, you may want to go check out my OnlyFans ASAP. There may or may not be some, just a few pics, just a little casual video with me and babe. We may or may not have had some fun later that night, but you can go check out that super hot behind the scenes content at onlyfans.com slash call me billy share your thoughts in the episode discussion channel in the champagne room our super fun super sex positive super free discord server pop in there let us know what you thought about this week's episode pop into any of our channels and join any of the conversations whether you're sharing pictures of your pets sharing sex toy recommendations or getting spicy in the sexual achievement sunday channel Introduce yourself today at manhorpod.com slash discord. And if you want to send your thoughts directly to me, maybe you've got an advice question you need some help with, you can send your comments, questions, titty pictures, criticisms, all on over to manhorpod at gmail.com. Uh, wish me luck, everybody. I, uh, I'm meeting up with Wallet Note Lady tomorrow night. See what we can uh, hammer out. Not the biggest fan of relationship limbo, but, you know, sometimes somebody's worth worth that patience. I think this chick is, so we'll see. <sighs> but I'm going to be okay. 
I'm gonna I, even if it doesn't go the way I want, it is uh, I'ma be fine, cause I gotta be, cause that's life. Love the one or ones you're with out there, everybody, and stay slutty. Are you looking to start a podcast? Want to use audio as a marketing tool for your small business? Enjoy free credits when you use my promo code Billy at Libsyn.com. That's Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, or click the link in the show notes.